I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the online cycling platform that makes training fun. Here for Tour de Romandie Stage 2 from Echelon to Echelon, little loop and back. A rolly weird stage no gc action expected no extended climbs but no punchy finish like yesterday either i thought it was a breakaway stage 170 k's long and the last climb shallow gradient about 11 k's from the finish four and a half k's 3.7 percent so i thought it'd be a break um we have rowan dennis in the leaders jersey yumbo visma generally don't chase breaks down aggressively unless they really have to and i saw no reason why they would but we ended up having tom skerns in the break a good strong rider often he has to ride as a domestique for trek segafredo for pedersen and sturvan he's on 90 seconds benji that's surely a mistake after if he knew he wanted to target this stage yeah you'd argue that he should have either try to force time loss yesterday to try and make sure he's on a further gap to try and use that today. So because he's in that breakaway, he's kind of forcing Yumbo, who is not interested in like the stage, to chase anyway to make sure he doesn't take the lead. And therefore, he's reducing the chances of that break making it, kind of self-neutralizing the break he's in himself in. So... That's not a good strategy, and I think you shared a perfect, perfect uh, clip on on Twitter today, where you showed it was it Andalusia, Kamna. Yeah, Andalusia stage three. Kamna was fighting with Sheffield for the stage win. Sheffield dropped him. Kamna was like, "All right, that's gone. We've got two stages left. I want to get in the break." He was on two minutes thirty on GC, which is just an annoying. Like you're not going to get a good GC result. And you're too close for comfort, like Christian Rodriguez was, for the GC teams to give you a huge gap. And so he just track standard and lost like three extra minutes. So he was on five minutes. Didn't actually matter the next day. It was a GC day when Lushenko sold Lopez, but he ended up winning uh, the fifth stage with the help of Buchmann. And it's just something we keep seeing in pro cycling. It's baffling to me. If you don't, if you're not going for GC, which I don't think Tom Schoen's entered Tour de Romandie going for GC. The only thing a minute 30 back is going to do is hamper your breakaway chances. It's pointless. So just lose as much time as possible because what happened was Jumbo Visma are like, well, we got to keep this at 2.30 now instead of five minutes, six minutes. And we don't have strong sprinters teams here. We've got Israel for Bevan, who was here last year against Cobrillian Sagan. We've got... Uh, Gaviria, but the UAE team isn't that strong. We've got Hater for Ineos. How much are they going to want to ride all day after yesterday when they rode on the front and he crashed? So are they really going to ride all day and keep that gap tight? But because Skerns was in the break, Yumbo kept it at 2.30 and then basically at 40Ks to go, 35Ks to go, they said, 
there you go, boys. You finished it off. And that gap just plummeted, Benji. Yes, certainly. And he was one of the teams that started riding when they went over the probably the largest climb on this entire parkour, really. And we saw already at that point that Hater was not at the back of the peloton today. He was at the front of today's peloton, which is exactly the thing that we were saying yesterday. He was all day at the back yesterday, like many days in the past. And obviously being at the front reduces your chance of being caught up by a crash. There can still be crashes at the front, but you're safer at the front than you are at the back. And you're not necessarily spending less energy if you are literally the last wheel in the peloton. Anyway, he's in a better position on that climb. He's in a better position in general. And in the last 40k, Ineos is one of the teams that really uh, takes control there. Two breakaway riders to left, Squins and Nils Brun, which is a Swiss national team rider. And all honesty, I want to complain about his white tires. I am not okay with white tires on bikes. Greipel posted a picture today, and I had to reduce him from a gorilla to a panda because of it. And now we see that Nils Brun is also doing it, and I'm not okay with white tires. What is your take on that? Yeah, particularly in a road stage, uh, yeah, I don't think it's acceptable and perhaps the UCI need to investigate this. We do have some UCI commissaire action we'll mention at the end of the pod. Before we get into the meat of the finale, our show partner Zwift, as I've said, they make your online cycling training fun. They have for Benji and myself. If you want to check out Zwift, there's also a running part of Zwift, but this is a road cycling podcast you can go to zwift.com for a free seven day trial through the link down below and maybe follow them on instagram as well to be kept abreast of the news happening with zwift which there's some pretty big news coming this year with zwift thanks as always to zwift for supporting the lantern recycling podcast ineos pacing uae pacing chris neelands for israel pacing latvian on latvian violence brought back Tom Schkerns, and we have this rolling terrain. And I think Ineos tried to drop Gaviria or put him under pressure, dead in his legs. When did Vernon get dropped, Benji? Well, I didn't actually see him getting dropped because I, I swear that he wasn't a peloton. I went to take a drink and then he was gone. So I guess during when I was getting a drink, Ethan Vernon got dropped. And I don't know what time that was, but hey, he was gone. And therefore, we would have the likes of a Gaviria again, the likes of a Hater, the likes of a Bevan and so forth sprinting at the end of the stage as that breakaway got caught. And it was really a weird last 10 kilometers, I dare to say, because I thought this is going to be a, a relatively slow peloton going towards the final. But everybody started getting dropped when Ineos started lining it up. And one of the strongest riders at Ineos today, I'd argue, was Luke Plapp, who when he was at the front, literally lined up the entire peloton and plenty of people dropped off the wheel at the back of the peloton at that point. And I'd argue that that is likely the moment where Ethan Vernon got dropped at the back as well. But uh, yeah, Ineos really lit it up. And do you think that's a strategy to make sure that some pure sprinters are being dropped or do you see something else in that? I don't really know. I think just a lead out for Hater, although he actually got shuffled back. And then he had to be brought forward again into the finale by Sheffield. There was some Hersink Amador domestique uh, half-wheel action on these fast descents. And it's a slightly downhill finish, I think. And in the end, we do have Sheffield, the young American, I believe, leading out Ethan Hayter in good position, second wheel. Gaviria jockeying for his wheel. Plap, I think we're supposed to do the lead out. 
because Sheffield was going at 700, maybe even 800, and at 500 he was blowing and Hayden was looking around. And so Platt moved up and he actually then brought Gaviria on his wheel. I thought he was going to let their wheel go or let uh, Aberastri was third wheel on Hayden's wheel go. But then when Platt moves up, Hater triggers and, and activates his sprint, goes from like 250 plus. He's got, there's not enough room on the left-hand side for Aberastri to launch initially. He eventually will try and sneak through. Gaviria's on the right, just has doesn't have the top end to draw level with Hater out of his wheel. And Hater wins this sprint convincingly by about a bike length to Aberastri, who, as I said, makes it up the inside for second. Gaviria third. Vlasov fourth in the photo. He was actually gaining ground. Sean Quinn fifth, Quinton Herman sixth, Nicky Assant seventh, Ben O'Connor eighth, Groshart in the ninth, Kreuzweig tenth. Yes, it's not a great sprint field. I will be honest. There's barely any sprint trains, and <laughs> Vlasov's fourth and Kreuzweig tenth. So that says a fair bit with Aberastri second to our panda signing off a bit. But Hater did a shush. Over the line, Benji, to all the all the haters. He said he silenced the haters on stage on the prologue. We did a bit of hating, H A Y T I N G, yesterday because of his positioning. I don't know why he did it. Um, I, don't, I haven't heard the post race interviews, but this is one of those things because he wins the stage. People will be like, "Oh, well, that means the comments made about yesterday are invalidated." It's like, no, 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 no. today. He did exactly the opposite of what he did yesterday in crucial moments in the race, i.e. when Ineos were launching it. Therefore, he got an opportunity to sprint Paranese in, in the Pedersen stage win, in the crosswinds into Le Provence. He was at the back. It cost him. So anyway, maybe he just was fired up yesterday, Benji, and that's what motivated him to victory. Yeah, perhaps. But hey, it's a, it's a clear difference between yesterday and today. He changed his approach. He applied a better position throughout the stage and it brought him a victory because he was able to compete yes he was actually not in the perfect position like you said because he got shuffled back towards the end and Sheffield kind of saved him and I'd argue that perhaps the reason that Plapp couldn't be part of the final lead out is because he had to do all that work in the preparation for the entire sprint and it seemed like Hater realized that Sheffield was not going to make it to the sprint and then like looked behind and was looking for Plapp and then Plapp tried to come on the right side still to the front in the final stretch and then eventually at some point you had like Plapp and Hater sprinting next to each other. So perhaps Plapp might have even like accidentally helped out by hindering the competition by sprinting ahead of them in the same way that Merku did in the past and so forth. Not in a bad way, but in the way that you're just sprinting ahead of somebody, so they have to go around you and therefore it's not as easy to catch Hater. But all in all, a great team performance by this uh, by Enios here and a... Uh, well-planned stage for the team i'd argue and uh i think that brings us right to the point of uh thomas yesterday so ethan hater lost the leader's jersey to rowan dennis yesterday but great thomas was right there close behind after a good prologue and a good punchy performance on the uphill finish and it came through uh via the tutor romandy twitter account i think that thomas had been given a 20 second time penalty for taking a bid on or food with less than 20 kilometers to go. Uh, the TV sc- GPS seemed to be inaccurate. Luke Krefter uh, went back and looked and saw that indeed some other teams took it at like 20.3, but Thomas, according to the GPS, was under 20 k's to go where the Swanier was standing. 
That's two in a couple of months, Benji. Gonna bike change and now Thomas uh, incorrect feeding, which is like when, uh, was it Frank Alaphilippe, Brian Alaphilippe, whatever his brother's name is, gave Alaphilippe the wrong bit on. Where's the marginal gains guy? It's just uh, major losses at the moment. Yeah, or marginal losses, depending on how you look at it. But I'd argue that it's pretty major. You're right in that. The thing is, like, when we analyze the uh, the incident that we're talking about with Thomas, then it's clear that that Swanier was just further than all the competitors' Swanier's about 700 meters. And, like, it's a mistake by the team 100%. I don't think Gary and Thomas is necessarily the man that needs to be aware and stay aware of the fact that, oh, it's 19.1 kilometers to go. I can't take this bottle. Yes, that might be something that a rider thinks about, but I blame the team completely in the preparation for that. And like you say, it's not the first time. Also last year, I think Carapaz had one of these issues also in stage three of the Vuelta, which means that it's now three in the span of a year at least. So clearly some kind of uh, preparation issue when it comes to this one year in these last few uh, months, to say the least. Yeah, and I do think it's a big loss, like Thomas was on 14 seconds, I mm-hmm. think the same time as uh, Groschartner, and that was, you know, six, seven seconds ahead of Lassov, another 10 seconds ahead of O'Connor, I think 12 ahead of Caruso. Now he's behind them. So it's not just a case of defending on the mountain stage, which we have on stage four, I think, as a stepped mountaintop finish. It's a lot harder now. He can't defend and use his team to defend and Plap, who should be very good on that climb, uh, Plap. But now he has to attack and attacking O'Connor, Caruso, and Vlasov is a lot more difficult. Then the ITT, he's got a flat section at the start for the first third, well, not in time for the first third of the kilometres, and then 10Ks, 8%. Again, do I... I don't actually know his exact condition, but if Caruso, O'Connor are all on, then I'm not sure he's going to be taking that much time. So, yeah, difficult position. The defending winner for Tour de Romandie, another mistake. And, yeah, Alphilippe learnt it, maybe learnt his lesson. And as you said, Benji, I agree. It's not really on Thomas to know exactly the GPS location of where mm-hmm. he is. But tomorrow's stage at Tour de Romandie, the third last stage from uh, Valbroy to Valbroy, 165 Ks, a pretty much just a harder version of today's stage. It is, <laughs> yeah, hilly all day, but the last climb is about 8 Ks from the finish with a decent descent and not very much flat afterwards, 4.5 Ks, 4.5 descent. Again, the right breakaway should have a real chance unless Ineos want to race all day for Hater because I don't see UAE going for Kaviri or Quickstep going for Vernon on this. Do Israel Benji. I mean, what shouldn't Bevan go on the break? What's he on? I don't know what he's on, but they've got also Fulsang and Woods here, so they've got both options. They can go with someone in the break or go from the peloton, and I'd argue that it's kind of the same for... Bahrain and I might see Bahrain actually trying to make this stage their own like there's hills at the end they've got turns here they might try and get Lewis two out of four yeah yeah true also a candidate to go in the breakaway there and I think there's also riders that lost some time today Chris Froome but that's the usual business now that's not for the breakaway George Steinhauser on EF do you think that he might go in the breakaway 
I mean, he might try. I, I don't know whether Bahrain will try and go on the break mm-hmm. or they can't with turns, obviously. They, they're running no. for his GC or they do a Marc Soler last year. This reminds me of the Marc Soler stage, although that was raining, where the last climb of the day, someone attacks, it's a descent, they could be a good descender, like a Lewis Leon, and then there's just no time to bring them back if you're Ineos for hater. Uh, that's a certain possibility from the GC group because Evan's on 20 seconds. He can't go on the break, but he did it in Tour of Turkey with Jay Vine on a similar sort of climb, a shallow gradient one. Um, but, yeah, I think Hayter will probably be the favourite for the stage, I would say. I don't, I don't see any reason why he'd get dropped on these climbs. That seems very implausible. Um but he probably will be attacked. McNulty, Bevan, I hope they try something. He or she? she this is classic he or she, Benji. Yeah, certainly. And he's not actually, like, we had his bad result at Flesh on, but I'd argue he's not actually that terrible at the moment either. So I do see him able to compete for a stage like this. It depends on what UAE will do, because it seems like they tried to go for an attack with McNulty or Yuzo, whoever it was at the start of yesterday's climb at the end. And then Hirschi was the later candidate to go for that sprint. So perhaps an early attack by a, an Ayuso or a McNulty, while Hirschi is that sprinty type in the group to go for the last climb, for example, and go towards the end. I kind of see multiple options at UAE as well to try something. And that's the benefit of having multiple riders that can compete for something like that, I'd say. Yeah, so pretty open, probably be a late flyer. In really, really good news, SD Works put out a press release about an hour ago on Twitter with an update on Amy Peters, who crashed in the off-season terribly. And I'll just read it out. There is consciousness now. This means that she can communicate slightly non-verbally. Amy recognizes people, understands what is being said, and is able to carry out more and more assignments, and they have a more fulsome uh, statement on their website so that's really really good news um that's all i really have to say on that benji yeah same story it's great news we are not doctors so we can't say what like part of the process this is but it's certainly better situation than we knew about yesterday and i guess we are uh, can talk for everybody that we hope that we can see her condition improve even more to uh the best it can possibly become from this point onwards Yep, so that's really good to hear. And yeah, other news as well. On a similar note, Egan Bernal, I think there's rumors coming out from all... It's kind of like when he had the initial crash that he's been cleared to return to Europe and commence training proper, uh, which is, yeah, very much sooner than I expected. But I think I'll wait for the proper Ineos statements. Oh, well, no, Bernal said he's coming back. Uh, he's coming back to Europe. That's <laughs> a fact. He's flying back today or tomorrow. Um, but I'll let Ineos say what they plan for his schedule to be this year, if any, uh, before we discuss what we expect from Bernal. But, yeah, stay tuned for a basket descent attack tomorrow. That's how I see it. Probably be wrong. It'll probably be a Bevan Hater sprint in Tour de Romandy. And then we've got the big action in the mountains on the weekend. Thanks for listening, as always, and to our show partner, Swift. We'll see you tomorrow. Ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 